What are you, a fucking child? What are you doing here? How do you even find out about this podcast? We swear, what the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. Hang on. Alright, now that it's just the adults, enjoy the show. So no head? Welcome to the Just Plain Filthy Podcast. My name is Casey Campbell. I am CJ Vegas. And uh, this week was uh, quite a big week in wrestling, as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, the last week or so, it's been, there was a whole weekend just full of independent events. Yeah. Uh, the TV wrestling was pretty spot on. And then everything that's leading up in the future that's been booked right now is looking immaculate. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, me too. But first I want to start off with some uh little bit there's some there's uh some drama going on backstage in the old WWE. I know we don't cover them as often. But I wanted yeah, to talk about this. <laughs> uh, I wanted to talk about this because this is way more interesting than what they have going on in the ring. Uh, okay. Seth Rollins was recently questioned about uh, moving to SmackDown and whether he'd be willing to work a match with uh, Matt Riddle. And Seth Rollins said, fuck no. And he hasn't given a reason <laughs> why. And I think the reason why is Matt Riddle is a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, hey, I can still hear you on your side. Yep, yep, I can still hear you. Because uh, right, I was laughing, and I was go, I was hearing myself laughing, and I was like, "God damn it!" No, there was there was no echo over here. Um, oh, oh, weird. Okay. But yeah, no, there there seems to be some sort of beef between Seth Rollins and Matt Riddle, and um, the ongoing beef between AJ Styles and uh, Paul Heyman. I don't know what Heyman NBA did. Community. Yeah, fuck AJ Styles. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know what Paul Heyman did, but AJ's pretty cross about it. There's just a lot of people that don't like each other that work on SmackDown, and I think that's going to be super interesting. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of drama. A lot of drama. Yeah, I don't follow like any of it, so like this is all very new to me. But it's... I mean, whatever. If it's making it good TV and makes people, like, a little more intrigued, then so be it. Uh, maybe. I just wish uh, WWE would clean house of all the scumbags that they have working for them. Velveteen Dream's like, I might not be able to win matches anymore, but I almost got some teeny weeny. Ugh. Get out uh, of here with that talk of the dream. Uh but before we uh, dive more into wrestling talk, we got a lot of questions, and I was surprised. So I grabbed some ones that I feel are going to be good for this episode, and we have like three other ones that I'm just pushing off until next episode because they're not really time-sensitive, and I feel like if we have the other crew, because uh, Zoe's not with us today, and Bill was going to be here talking wrestling with us, but he's unable to come over. So we're going to have them on the next episode, so we'll just keep those ones for them. 
we got to think, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight questions. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's just you and me, so that we should probably be able to go through these relatively quick. Oh, yeah, we're going to bang them out. Thanks for, like, showing up and giving us the questions this week, guys. <laughs> I know, I didn't have to do too much digging. I was like, yes, yeah, sick. Thank you, um, fans. <laughs> so first, uh, Patrick asks, grading the WWE draft, they broke up the New Day and Heavy Machinery. F. F minus. I'm excited for the Big E turn, like the Big E shot that he's going to be getting. And I'm intrigued by some of the things, but y'all are just getting rid of every single tag team. Like those aren't even the those aren't even all the tag teams they fucking destroyed. Vince, they also destroyed Lucha House Party. Vince hates tag teams. Absolutely hates them. So uh, I'll I'll give it like a C minus or a D because while I'm excited for their singles competitors, what could happen? They ruin the tag team division. That's true. Um. Next, our guest from last episode, Ed, he asks, is Amir the best deathcore band ever? Uh, I mean, like, Gallows is a really good album. <laughs> I was taking a drink and I was trying not to say anything, but you almost made me snort it. Gallows is a really good album. Uh, Frankie Palmieri, however, uh... I don't know what his deal is, but I'll just leave it at that. I really love the first Amir record, um, and I'll leave it at that because I, I there we go. Uh, Amir is a good deathcore band. I'll say they are in my top five. My favorite would have to be uh, Thy Art is Murder. Mm. Yes, Thy Art is, new, is really good. Their newer album from 2019, Human Target, is nearly deathcore perfection. So until somebody can beat that without being like overproduced, I'll just have to say that Thy Art is Murder is the best deathcore band ever. Y'all better throw some fucking respect on Mitch Lucker's name right now. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that was spooky. What was that? <laughs> that, uh, that, was, uh, that was the ghost of seeing me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Evan. Oh, no. Oh, oh, um, Ryan. He was first. Ryan asks, what are your go-to Halloween movies? My go-to Halloween movies? Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Hocus Pocus, all of the Friday the 13th series, all the Halloween movies, minus Halloween 3, because fuck Halloween 3, and um, just any horror movie under the sun, really. I'm, I'm a big horror fan. I'm a, I'm a horror guy. Um, I would really like to watch The Thing at some point this season. Uh, I just, I don't know. I like spooky shit. Uh one, For me, my one of my favorite Halloween movies is one of my favorite movies in general. And I'm going to start a uh, leg sleeve for it. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes, that's a cult that, classic, my guy. That's going to be, that's one of mine. <laughs> um, 
I also like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The, Love that the more funny one. I forgot the number, but I have the movie. I uh, think, I think that might be fourth. I want to say that's three or four. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one with the, the, fucking... the more funnier one. What's what's his fucking name? Uh, it's something about like something scalp. I don't fucking remember. Uh, but uh, I don't know. The text what, chainsaw is not like my forte. <laughs> uh, do you think? Do you think it would be cool if they just made Saturday the fourteenth for a movie, and it's all <laughs> just about like the police having to do all that fucking paperwork after all these bodies are found? I would love to see that, honestly. I, I... <laughs> just one, just like a like a fucking weird ass like SNL brought to you movie. It's like twenty, like two hours of just a guy going, "What the fuck? I found this head over here, and an arm over the there." Is still in a sleeping bag. <laughs> fucking amazing! I gotta watch Jason X. That reminds me, uh, I love Jason X. Nope. The part, the one where Jason just like puts the person in a sleeping bag and swings them at a tree is my favorite thing ever. Uh, yeah, that's like, oh, <laughs> I know. He, it just he's like swings at it like it's a baseball bat, kills the person on impact and drops them. Yep. <laughs> like yes. Yep, that's one hundred percent. Uh, Evan asks top five local bands and i know a lot of people who are listening that aren't from our area are gonna have no clue so just keep that in mind if you're interested you know google is your best friend top five local bands huh i'm gonna go with um attacking the vision uh bleach temple uh fucking uh Inari's not a thing anymore, but I'm going to put them on anyway because I fucking love I'll, Inari. Uh, I'll, I'll say even if they're not around anymore, I would just do that to make it easier. Yeah. Uh, I fucking, I love, In Spirit is really good. Uh, gotta put In Spirit on there. Dismissed. OG Vanna. Yeah, Dismissed. And um, I'm going, probably going way over fucking five. Like, uh, <laughs> that's cool, that's cool. Uh, Deranged Youth, mainly because they're so fucking different from everybody else. Black Palm. Um, basically, if I've been to a show in the last 15 fucking years, most of the <laughs> bands that I have seen ever in my life. <laughs> uh, now I gotta try. I'm a little more picky, but I feel like. These are all just going to be based off of me from, like, the last year or so. Oh, and Pillbook. Shoutouts to Pillbook. Oh, Pillbook is great. Um, I'll say Drive-By Bukaki. Oh, yeah. Fucking love Drive-By. Pathogenic. Yes. Black Palm. Yes. Uh, I fucking had had one of them in my head. And then I started this list and I forgot the fucking name. This isn't um, fair, Evan. You know we're all homies. <laughs> um, Jirai. I said Jirai on the last episode. Jirai is great. Again. Jirai and is I'll say uh, OG shot heard around the world. Ooh, yeah. Like when they would just like throw their instruments and climb the rafters and stuff and just make everything chaotic. Oh, yeah. No, no. They did almost destroyed the Boys and Girls Club once. 
because they yeah. hung off the that's, fucking lights. That's them. That's the one I like. Yes. I love that. And just shit. because, and just because you went over five, and I want to throw one name out there that like nobody talks about anymore. Mm-hmm. But if any of the members are listening, they're gonna get a pop. Uh, a kingdom dethroned. Oh, nice. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> oh shit. Um, but Evan came through with another top five. Oh, what up? And he says top five fast food French fries. Top five fast food French fries, huh? Uh, well, number one, McDonald's uh, is is the number one. Uh, uh. Wendy's is after that. Uh, I'm gonna fuck around and put Burger King. At no, I'm not gonna put Burger King on number three because fuck Burger King fries. Um, oh, you hurt my soul so much. I fuck around with uh, the waffle fries at uh, a restaurant I don't eat at anymore because I found out <laughs> a bunch of awful shit about them. Don't go there, don't buy the waffle fries, even though they're delicious. Steal them if you work there. Um, <laughs> Grand Theft Waffle Fries. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm going to put uh, Potato Wedges at KFC at number four. Even though they should be number one. Switch, switch fucking, um, switch McDonald's and fucking KFC Potato Wedges. And uh, at number five is Burger King. Okay. Um, for me, unfortunately, Casey, uh, Burger King is my number one. They're not, they, they don't have to, you have to salt them yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, then for me, it would be go KFC, uh, then Wendy's, then Checkers. I've never been to Checkers. Uh, it's one of my favorite places that I was down in Florida. It's really good. <laughs> um. And then I like, I like, uh, I don't know if this is technically fast food, probably not, but because I, I can't think of any other ones that I like, but I'll say the 99. 99 fries are really good. I enjoy 99 yeah. fries. Uh, before I went vegan, I would measure every um, chicken tender by how close they were to the 99. Hell yeah, that's dope as fuck. <laughs> That's my scale on rating food. Is it as good as the 99's food? No? Okay. <laughs> no. Good. Get the fuck out. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Tommy Ford asks, who would be your Mount Rushmore of WWF? My Mount Rushmore of WWF, like, specifically, like... I guess. That's all it said. Okay, well, I'm gonna do... Uh... Well, he said top five Mount Rushmore... And I was like, there's only four in Mount Rushmore. I'm going to do four because that's what Mount Rushmore is. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to do Hogan. Uh, okay. Because, of course, you have to fucking put Hogan on there. Uh, I'm also going to put uh, Macho Man. Duh. Okay. Cool. Um, Stone Cold and rock that's it i know those are like the four most basic fucking greatest yeah. of all time wrestlers ever but you said wwf and when you think wwf those are the four names that come to mind actually fuck hogan i'm putting taker 
<laughs> okay, see now we're a little closer. Um, I would say I would say Hulk Hogan. Nice. I would say Undertaker. Nice. I would say uh, Stone Cold. Of course. And I th- I think just because it's not as predictable, and it's also another good uh, person to throw in there, I would say Roddy Piper. Ooh, I wanted to put Roddy on there. Honestly, the rock, like you kind of already knew what he was going to say. Cause he would say a couple punchlines and throw one of his like 10 catchphrases in there, but you never knew what Roddy Piper was going to say. And it was always good. That I Piper's pit is just such a good segment. He's so good on the fucking mic. Uh, I should have kept this next question for when we had more people, but I didn't, so here we are. <laughs> um, Andrew from Unsigned and Not Unheard, uh, Unsigned, Not Unheard, Love said, um, favorite death metal band from each host and why? If you can talk about your introduction to death metal a little bit. Death metal. That's kind of a broad statement. Um, I, I would say, like, in your opinion, who personifies straight-up death metal the most that you listen to? That I listen to? Um, I would hazard to guess. Um, I don't listen to as much death metal as I fucking did when I was 15. I listen to way heavier bands. Um, I'm going to go ahead and... Shit. I don't I don't think I... But fucking Ghost. There you go. Blake. <laughs> <laughs> they look like a death metal band. They look like a death metal band. Um, but fuck you, those I'll, wrists are I'll great. do two bands because I can't really distinguish between them, so it's kind of like I'm doing your answer and my answer. Yeah. I'll probably like one of these anyway. Yeah. Um, I would say one of them being Behemoth. Ooh, ooh, okay. I changed my answer. It's Behemoth. Um, <laughs> I listened to the, I listened to them a lot um, growing up, and I still like their newer stuff that they came out with. And I re- uh, my wife just recently got into them. So, oh, it's still weird saying wife. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, we haven't mentioned it on the you. podcast yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got, I got married like a month ago. Yeah. Two months ago, roughly. I don't fucking know. I'm bad at time. Um, but she recently got into Behemoth, and then I was just like, oh, yeah, I forgot how bad this fucking band was, like how good this band is, bad in a good way. Um, yeah. Other band I would say I was thinking of is uh, Black Dolly Murder. Ooh, yes, actually. Okay, so, so that's good. Both of them good. are up there for me. I can't distinguish between which one is better in my opinion, but I figured you'd like both of them as well. I do like both of them. I actually have a Behemoth and a Black Dahlia Murder sweatshirt, so uh, um, look geez. at me. I'm a fucking poser because I totally forgot those <laughs> bands existed. <laughs> um, to, to answer the second part of Andrew's question, uh, I didn't really know death metal. My... For the longest time, when I was in a uh, middle school, going into high school, like the heaviest stuff I was listening to was like punk rock, and then I also really liked the band Mudvayne. Oh yeah. And then I was jamming out with my friend Nick, who also was skateboarding with me a lot at the time. Uh, he went upstairs and goes, 
hey, check this out, and starts playing a bass riff on his new guitar. And I said, what's that? He goes, oh, that's the Black Dahlia Murder. And I was like, huh? And he showed me on the music choice on On Demand. And I was like, yo, this slaps. He goes, yeah. And then I've been obsessed with them ever since. And that was like 2007. Well, see, the thing is, I didn't immediately think of Behemoth and Black Dahlia Murder. Mainly because I didn't, I don't really classify that as like death metal. I don't fuck around and like, I don't know. I've always just like, just metal, man. I don't really fuck around with genres yeah, and sh- subgenres. Jump too far into the genres. I was going to have it vague, but like those people, the bands that I listen to that I feel are the closest to straight up death metal would probably be those two bands. Okay, yeah. All right. Because, you um, know, I was going to fuck around and say, like, the Black Dahlia murder or, like, Thy Artist murder or other shit like that. Or even fucking Carnifex. But, but, like, I was like, is that really death metal, though? Like, <laughs> It's more core, if anything. Yeah. Um, and Rodney asks, and you'll probably be able to answer this. Yeah. Uh, he goes, are any of y'all watching The Haunting of Bly Manor? If so, what do you think of it? I just finished it uh, last night, actually. I stayed up until 4 o'clock in the fucking morning to finish this series. And uh, non-spoiler review, absolutely love this anthology series that Netflix is doing. Uh, Mainly because it's not just horror, and it's not... Uh, jump scares and shit like that. It's real horror with like themes of mental health and relationships and like Those are scary. It's it's deep. It's deep horror and the things on screen are actually scary. It's not ooh loud noise. It's it's really great. It's ooh high definition picture of Fergie's face. Ooh, ooh, there's someone in the background over there. Ooh, like that kind of scary. I love oh, that kind John. of scary. He's just jerking it. <laughs> He's got a problem. He likes people to watch. I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, I have no idea what that show is because I don't really watch anything on uh, Netflix or anything like that. True. But... I, recommend, I heard you posted about it. I was like, this is going to be the time for me to use this question. I highly recommend you and Tanya watch both Hill House and Bly Manor because they're really, really good. Other spooky Hank Hills? Uh, Kind of. Actually, in, Ooh, in Hill House. Damn it, Bobby. Okay, uh, um... Next, um, from there, I think that's the last of the questions that I chose for this episode. All right. I, I was, I was, I was embracing. Uh, I was thinking that there was a couple more, but I guess I only did those. So, uh, yeah. from there, um, there's a little bit of wrestling news that's been going on, which will kind of lead into what we're going to be talking about after our next commercial, uh, after our next musical break. And um, this one is. Ring of Honor refusing to work with previously scheduled wrestlers who happened to be booked during a collective weekend events. Oh, great. Apparently, (laughs) 
one of the uh, ring announcers, Righteous Jesse, uh, contracted COVID. Oh, no. That's not good. And, and so it sent out a lot of things. A couple people came down with it, but there's not a whole lot um, as far as uh, information on who might have it as far as wrestlers go. But they had Dan Housen uh, on both Ring of Honor and Collective, Tony Deppin as part of both, Jonathan Gresham as part of both. That's I not believe good. Lee Moriarty as part of both. Alex Shelley as part of both, I believe. Well. Yeah. I. It, it was too early to come back. That's, that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's cool that we had, like, the amazing week that it was the collective. But yeah. at the same time, you have hundreds of people in the crowd. You have all these wrestlers from all over the place, and we're all chilling in the same area for, like, a week's time. Like, a weekend time. I'm I'm. Ex- I'm not surprised that any of this happened. It's sad that it did. But yeah, very sad. This, I ain't, wish, this ain't a shocker. I wish everybody a speedy and safe recovery. Um, yeah. Just remember, wear your mask, wash your hands. It's not hard. <laughs> um, Dan Housen um, went on Twitter and I kind of addressed it a little bit. He said, Dan Housen, hello. I'm going to do my Dan Housen impression while I do this. Cause yeah, I like do doing it. That. Go for it. We haven't done a Dan Hello. Nelson impression in a while. I was tested Tuesday morning, and my results were a negative. I was just given another test today, and it was also a negative. As an abundance of precaution, Ring of Honor is being extra safe and responsible, and I am going home today. Thank you for having me and caring about safety. Fantastic. Love that so, Dan Housen. Yeah, love Dan Housen. So this makes me a little worried because... If you watched um, what we're going to be talking about later, Joey Janela's Spring Break, uh, they had people from like MLW. They had people from Ring of Honor. Um, they had people from AEW, and they had people from Impact. All a part of this thing. So who's to say if somebody doesn't end up getting contracted this again, or somebody else might get it now? And it ruins potential bookings for all these great companies. Exactly. I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. I really hope that's not the case either. But unfortunately, that's just the time we live in. John Moxley comes back from uh, his battle with COVID. Does another show. More people get COVID. It would be a shame if somebody were to take your title. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, do you? I know we said. Uh, I know we said we were gonna go to our our musical break, and do the Joey Janela stuff afterwards. Do you want to do your last little bit? You said you watched AEW. I did watch the um, one year special of AEW, uh, and it was pretty good. We had MJF uh, joining the inner circle. Officially, after some, you know, back and forth. Um, and there was... Uh, Cody de- defeated Orange... not Yeah, Orange Cassidy. He defended his title against Orange Cassidy. 
in a really hard-fought match. I really wish they would put the strap on Orange myself. Um, Citrus O'Shaughnessy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> no, um... <laughs> Oh, it's a shameless thing. He needs a tan. But, um, <laughs> and they, <laughs> Sheeta retained, uh, against Big Swole. Very good match. Uh, yeah. and Moxley retained his title as well. There were a couple more matches, but I don't really remember what they were because it was a couple uh, days ago. Best Friends versus FTR. I actually missed that. Okay, that's the match I missed. Uh, it was a good match, but it was the normal stuff. Like, oh, you got 20 minutes, and you have to use the tag rope and all that stuff. But then later on, it was like a lot of bullshit. Totally gets put in there. Then FTR is like, haha, we win. See you guys next time. Oh, and they course. escape into the shadows. Of course. But uh, great work by uh, Best Friends. Like, they always put great work. They're my favorite tag team in AEW. Oh, yeah. They're they're very solid tag team, and I love them. <laughs> oh, and I, re- I like how AEW went off the air. Oh, yeah, with uh, Eddie Kingston fucking... Uh, what is the name Lucha of their Brothers. tag? Lucha Bros. Lucha Bros. It's um, such a simple name. I'm sorry. I'm out of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they just like they just beat ended the up shit. in the ring with him at the end. It was like, oh, you're such a good champion. You're such a good champion. We have history. We're brothers. I love you so much. Raise his hand, and then they all raise the hand. Beat and the shit out of off, him. Back fist to the future. Straight up kills him. Chokes him out. He's like, I never tapped out. I never tapped out. And uh, now I'm excited for what may very well be the future of this title because exactly. I know I know this the tournament that they're doing. It's going to end up being Hangman and Kenny Omega in the finals. I of know course. it. 100%. That's what it's going to be. But I'm excited <laughs> to see if we do get an additional match with Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. Because he didn't, like, tap out. So he has that. Just like he didn't get eliminated from the Battle Royal. I want to see what's going on. I want, I want to see an actual match, like a definitive thing. Same. Same. With that... But, uh, I, I think it's going to end up being Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page. Uh, Kenny Omega is going to advance, and we're going to get a rematch of Moxley versus Omega, and Omega is going to become the cleaner and have the title. Oh, I would love that. I would love that. That's fantastic. But I I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm armchair booking over here. Well, we always armchair book. That's what the show the show the show started with us armchair booking. <laughs> and talking about Paige. And talking about Paige. <laughs> Alright, who is okay, our musical so, guest today? Um one of two. I'll tell you, I'll hype up my other one later. Uh but this one is a friend of the podcast. We booked them before. Very heavy, very fast, very angry. Uh, band out of Very Boston. Nice. They are called Scout the Pioneer. Ooh. And this is their song, 1060 AM, which I guess is 11 AM. Very whatever. nice. Very evil.
welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, Scalp the Pioneer, uh, good friends of the podcast. And we are back. We are going to discuss Joey Janela's spring break, which happened yeah. this week. Yeah. Dude, I was originally going to skip that because I didn't think that I'd be able to watch it. Because mm-hmm. I originally was only going to watch Bloodsport that weekend. And then I got out of work early and realized that Joey Janela's spring break was only $20 and I was home for the rest of the night. So I said, fuck it. And I bought it. Hell and yeah. I've never been more happier of a, of a purchase that I've ever made other than this. Uh, overall good event, you would say? I would say um, it ran really long. It was four hours and 40 something minutes yeah, long. Yeah, four hours and 40 minutes long. It's, it's but... Overall, match quality was really, really good. Surprises were really good. Like, I, I have no complaints. Yeah, Joey Jones Spring Break is the only place where you're going to see, like, shit. Like, fucking... Uh, oh, my God. Yoshihaku. And, uh, Yoshikiku. Uh, Yoshikiku and fucking Invisible Man in the same match. <laughs> For Taking those who off. don't know Yoshikiku, uh, it's the the doll that Kenny Omega used to wrestle in. Uh, Kodobushi used to wrestle over in DDT. Fucking uh, Christ. It ended up going one-on-one against the Indivisible Man and Shadow Man uh, <laughs> in, in the middle of the clusterfuck, like a solid half an hour in. Yeah. Fucking, uh, that's... Uh. Uh, honestly... I'm glad that a lot of my favorite indie guys were a part of that match. But I love silly shit in my wrestling. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Reverse cornet. I am reverse cornet. However, there was too much invisible man for me. <laughs> just for me. Just as I'm gonna put it there. <laughs> Okay, so thanks to a um, I need to remember the name of the company. Uh, I don't remember the name right now, so if I if I'm jacking your shit, please don't come after me. Um, <laughs> they they kind of made a list of all the key parts of the clusterfuck, and just so I'm not trying to memorize things that I thought happened, which probably didn't happen. Uh, I have a list of all the cool spots. And there I guess quite a uh, few. Sugar D came back, a.k.a. Pineapple Pete. Yeah! Uh, he was uh, one of the <laughs> first people to really do stuff. And uh, JTG came back. Ah, and he did it. really well. Love but when to Sugar see D came it. out, he used JTG's head like a basketball and just kept dribbling it and dribbling it and dribbling it. And that, that, that got me to pop. Because oh, that's like an ode that. back to his Chikara days. And I liked that. Fucking fantastic. JTG uh, has always been super underrated. Yeah. Uh, there were two 17-year-olds in this match. Great. Um, <laughs> Starboy Charlie and uh, Billy Starks. Um, both of them look real promising with their futures in professional wrestling, as they did really well during this whole thing. Uh, Starboy Charlie looked to have real potential. He got murdered by a double powerbomb uh, by the hands of Violences Forever. Of course. Um, Kevin Koo from um, Violence is Forever donned a super dragon mask 
and gave Alley Cat the sickest curb stomp that I have seen in my life. That was wild. Just tied up her legs, surfboarded her arms, and stomped her face straight to hell. And I, I literally was like jaw dropped. I was like, what the fuck? I'm surprised teeth weren't all over the mat. Yeah. Um, Levi Everett showed up and churned butter. Oof. Cassandro uh, came back into the Indies and uh, kissed Jimmy Lloyd on the lips, which got a real massive pop. Love to see it. Love Um, to see it. The Stump Brothers imploded. That was something. (laughs) Um, um, Juicy Fanu. I don't know if that's how he actually says his name. uh, Managed to gorilla press. Three men at the same time and slammed him down with authority, which was insanity. Brilliant. Because you see, like, John Cena doing two, and the moments where he tries to do three, it's like they fall over. And this man had three of them and just dropped them all, and it looked really cool. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, um, Effie and the Invisible Man, they played tongue hockey for a little bit. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, "Oh, he's making out with nobody." Oh no, the nobody is making out back with him, and he doesn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he got thrown from the ring from the Invisible Man. He's like, "I, I kissed you, and I'm done with you. I don't want to play with you anymore." Toss his toy. Of course. Um, fucking Calvin man. Tankman hit a huge Death Valley driver on Juicy. And the ring didn't break somehow. I'm very Wonderful. surprised with that. Wonderful. Um, Mike Perro came in, the twink hunter, and repeatedly choke slammed Solo Darling onto the neck and back of her tag team partner, Willing Nighting- Willow Nightingale. Jesus that was hard for me Christ. to watch. No, I mean, there, some shit, like is just extremely cringeworthy. If a spot makes me wince, it's just, it's excruciating. Um, and then the last two things that are of note, Atticus Koger came out of nowhere and launched a fireball at yeah. somebody. Yeah, that's my boy! And Nate Webb hit Atticus Kogar with a moonsault van terminator and got the one, two, three at the end of the match meaning Nate Webb entered at number one, and he lasted the entire match winning the clusterfuck of, like, what I believe is, like, 55 people. <laughs> there were a lot of participants. But there was also, like, factions that came out. Yeah, that's true, that's true. So, so like, there might have been, like, so many entrances, but there are a lot of entrance into yeah. the whole thing. And it was just insanity. I mean, I guess that's what happens when you dub it a clusterfuck. The only way that you can win is over-the-top illumination, pinfall, submission, or dying. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was awesome. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, and also, before this match, they had Ricky Morton versus Joey Janela. And I uttered the words, oh shit, Ricky Morton's got a door. <laughs> Which I never thought I was gonna hear myself ever say. <laughs> He's like sixty years old. He did a Canadian destroyer, and I was like, 
oh, that's cool. And then he, like, jumps from the top to the outside, and I was like, that's cool. Towards the end of the match, he just picks up Joey Janela and Spike pile drives him through a door. And I was like, oh, shit, Ricky Morton's got a door. That's amazing. Uh, Ricky Morton can yeah. still go, guys. Like... Like, if you guys have $20 to throw around, like, and you're looking for something, like, very entertaining, get this get this event. Because not only did they have that insanity stuff, they had, like, ACH versus Leo Rush. Oh, of course. They had, uh, they had um, Lee Moriarty versus Jonathan Gresham. Yes. They had the team of Iron Beast versus the Rascals to open up the show as, like, the first official match. And they had RSP doing an open challenge, which was answered by none other than Orange Cassidy. Love to see it. And it was a good match. He just rolled him up with a pin and gave him the mousetrap pin, and he was like, what the fuck? I lost to a pin? <laughs> it was good. There was a lot of... Uh, the last match of the night was probably one of the most hard-hitting matches that I've seen in recent memory with uh, Alex Cologne beating the shit out of Matt Tremont during his retirement tour. It was like glass everywhere, doors everywhere, chairs everywhere. It was just insane. And I feel what do you like that bloody mess of a match is a good way for us to segue into our talking point of today. Uh, Hard-hitting matches? Yeah. Hell yeah. Okay, Hell so yeah. I, wrote a, I wrote a couple of them down. I'm going to try my best to, to remember what happens from a lot of them because I remember being infatuated with them and being like, oh, shit, this is the hardest-hitting thing I've ever heard seen in my life. But I might not remember everything. So I wrote I wrote down three for myself and one that I'm pretty sure we're both going to agree on. Yeah. So if you want to go first and just give me one that you remember and um, what stuck out to you about it. Um, okay, so the first one I'm really going to talk about is the um, fucking exploding death match between uh fucking terry funk and mick foley uh, oh okay that's a good one fucking i don't know just the shit he did in japan in general um yeah is insane to me and how i mean going to and trying to find all of that footage is really fucking difficult and even in low resolution, uh, watching that shit is insane. Absolutely insane. These two guys do the worst possible shit that you can do to a human body for the entertainment of others. And I will always have respect for Mick Foley and Terry Funk. Simply because of that. With barbed wire and... Like, light tubes and fire and explosions. And Mick Foley lost the goddamn... I mean, I don't think he lost... He didn't lose his ear in Japan. I don't... No. No, he didn't lose his ear in Japan. That was that was in WCW. But, like, uh, just any... I think that was WWF, but yeah. Any match that that Mick Foley and Terry Funk did in Japan is deserves a spot on on my list of most hard-hitting matches 
because okay, that's fair. Violence, pure, <laughs> pure, unadulterated uh, violence in a dark room. Before it was a thing, to do that. <laughs> uh, okay, you did that one, so I'm gonna go with one that's around the same time frame. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have it listed like in in order from like best to worst. I just have a bunch of matches, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll choose this one. Uh, 1987 in World Wrestling Cartel, uh, Bru- Bruiser Brody versus Abdullah the Butcher. Ooh, okay. Uh, one of one of his la- one of uh, Brody's last matches ever, after uh, before he got taken out by Invader One. Of course. Um, the match started. It looked like it was going to start in the ring. Bruiser Brody immediately escapes out of the ring when uh, Abdullah is making his entrance. And it's just immediately fist flying. There was stiff shots. There were uh, throwing each other around vacant seats in the crowd after all the fans just scattered because of horror. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was so much blood being spilled. There was forks driven into skin. There were chair shots. There was everything. <laughs> and this match Christ. looked like these dudes fucking hated each other. Yes. It's everything that you think a hard-hitting... Uh, a match in like the 80s in Puerto Rico would have been. It, it it was just crazy, and they played it up too. Like you see people going into the crowd now, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Okay, well, I'll grab your chair and swing it at you, and then I'll <laughs> drop it, and the, that's all they're gonna do outside." They had Bruiser Brody and uh, Abdullah the Butcher like throwing each other into the seats. Um, grabbing people's seats and just swinging at it full force at their heads, uh, just slamming them onto the concrete floor, like everything. Most of the match was outside of the ring. I don't even know why the fuck they had a referee. Exactly. That's insane. <laughs> like, some of the shit that you see are ridiculous. Yeah, so that that's definitely one of mine. I got a, I got two others though. But uh, who's your next one? Okay, I'm going to take it a little bit in to the '90s right now. Um, okay, I'm going to go with uh, Taz and Mike Awesome in uh, Mike Awesome's last fucking uh, the one where fucking. They were trying to get the ECW belt off of the WCW guy, and they ended up putting it on the WWE guy. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, like, it's not so much that it's hard-hitting for me. It's just, like, Taz is a phenomenal athlete. Mike Awesome was a phenomenal athlete. Like, and just... Any match with Taz in it, especially in that like mid to late nineties era, is pretty good. There's a there's a fucking reason that diehard ECW fans are diehard ECW fans, and it's because of guys like Taz, because of guys like Bull, like Bully Ray and Devon and fucking Lance Storm and Tommy Dreamer and. Like, all these fucking... And the Sandman. Even though I don't fucking like the Sandman. But, like... That's just one of them. A lot of the late era 
ECW stuff um, is pretty hard-hitting, mainly because uh, towards the end, you got to pull out all the stops because you're trying to you're trying to get eyes on your product but that's just that's one that kind of sticks out to me a little bit uh even though the booking is weird to me <laughs> yeah so what's uh what's your next one um odd uh odd choice i think compared to most of my taste in re- in wrestling and a lot of my friends opinions on this kind of thing but uh it's going to have to be John Thorne, the owner of a- AIW, facing mm-hmm. off against Haley Hatred in a dog collar match, an intergender dog collar match. All right. Um, the whole thing, I don't remember the story leading up to it because I never, I didn't watch the product at the time, but I saw the match years later. Mm-hmm. And for those people who like to go out there and say, women can't beat up men, you're fucking dumb because Haley Hatred nearly killed John Thorne in this match. There was like Death Valley drivers on the apron. There was like chokes through the with, with the chain around the throat. Uh, at one point they had like a cross face and she wrapped the chain around his face like twice and just wrenched back. There was so much blood in this match and both people looked great. Like I don't know if John Thorne was a wrestler beforehand. Mm-hmm. But this was very, very good. This was almost like uh, Bill Alfonso versus a uh, um, McGillicuddy. Hell yeah! Like this was really good. There was a lot of blood. Uh, this is just after uh, Haley Hatred had like fucking eight title belts at the exact same time. This is when she was starting to cool down, but she like went out in a blaze of glory and had this match. Uh, for those people who do, are not aware of this match or are interested in this match, all you have to do is do Haley Hatred versus John Thorne. I think there's like five different uploads on YouTube right now. I think they're all pretty much the full-length match. It's about, I think, like close to 20 minutes in its entirety. It's a mm-hmm. brutal-as-fuck match, but it's definitely one to watch out for if you're into hardcore stuff. Hell yeah. Love to see it. I'm doing all these deep cuts. (laughs) You are the deep cut master. Uh, Yeah. Just, Jesus Christ. My my next one is going to be so fucking just the most... This is everybody's answer, but that's that's who I am on this podcast, I guess. I, I I have one that I wasn't going to put in my list, but I had a feeling that if I brought it up, it would have been on yours, or you might already have it on your list. So I'm just waiting to see if that's it. Taker Brock, WrestleMania 30. Oh, no, but you were close to what I was saying. Taker Brock, WrestleMania 30 is difficult to watch. It I is had a... Taker Mankind in the Hell in a Cell. Yes, I was good. that was going to be, but I already put all of... Yeah, another Mankind. All of Mick Foley's, like, Japan stuff. Uh, but, oh, like... Yeah, yeah, so. Taker and Brock is... A very, very hard-hitting match. And especially going back and watching it now, that we know what we know about that match, it is fucking difficult to watch. Like, every every move, every strike, every... And, like, 
Taker and Brock work stiff when they're not concussed. I can't <laughs> imagine. I forgot that they were concussed. Yeah, that like Taker had to go to the hospital. So like at watching it, watching it back now because I just recently rewatched WrestleMania 30 because it's one of my favorites. Uh just seeing the look on Taker's face and like looking at his eyes is so difficult. Every time Brock picks him up or strikes him or lays him down, I'm like, yikes. This was a millimeters away from being a really bad night. But uh, match quality still really good regardless. Yeah. Like, From what I remember, that match was entertaining and really well done. But yeah, it was definitely cringeworthy. Yeah, not no like watching it fresh, like not knowing anything about what was going on. Really good match. Really hard hitting yeah. match. But like once you go behind the scenes, it's like ah, yeah. uh, it's even worse. It's even worse. <laughs> would you say it's worse than the Jeff Hardy uh, TNA match where he was on a bunch of drugs? No, that's still the worst thing that's ever happened in professional res- wrestling ever. <laughs> Jeff Hardy on drugs? What? Uh, um, and I think m- my last one, um, you might have seen this with me before. I know I've talked about it before. I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. But uh, 2012 Ring of Honor Best in the World, they had Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole yes. in a hybrid fighting rules match. Yes. Uh, that's one of my favorites because it's essentially like watching Jean-Claude Van Damme facing Chuck Norris. Dude, it's amazing. There was a amazing. whole lot of kicks. There was good strikes. There was good grappling. Like There was way more wrestling, like technical wrestling, than I would have ever expected in an Adam Cole match. But the match itself was really, really good. And I got vibes of like, the quiet kid at school when you're like talking shit and he's like about he's like putting on his black belt and his headband about to kick your ass oh yeah like kyle o'reilly and adam cole are some of the best pure strikers in wrestling period so putting them into the ring together is amazing yeah this match was really good and there was like blood out of the mouth and there's like spitting at each other and the they fucking hated each other in this match but then afterwards, it was like show of straight up respect. It was like every single shot in this match, I was like, oh, you're going to get knocked out. And they almost did. And then they get right back up and they go at it again. I'm like, what the fuck? And later on in the match, it just, they ended up just like destroying each other. And then I was, I was sold from then on out. I'm like, Kyle O'Reilly is a fucking star. And would you look at this? Now they're both in the WWE, and Kyle Riley just had a world title shot. Love it. You love yeah. to see it. <laughs> you so, love... Do you have anything else before I do this selfless plug that I have planned? Uh, I don't have anything else uh, other than plugging my normal shit. Uh, hit me up on, uh, at Casey Phillips on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and look up Soup Kid on Spotify and stream that shit. Yeah, he's on Spotify now. I'm on Spotify! I'm making money! <laughs> Not that much money, but um, like... <laughs> yeah, I know we've been talking about this for a little bit, and this is my little selfless part. Um, 
I've been working on an album. Yeah. I've been rapping since two, late 2013. Uh, I've been working on an <laughs> album the last year or so. Time kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And today, I got all my official audio for the album back. And it's looking like it's going to be up on Spotify this coming Friday, the day after my birthday, the 23rd. So... With that, I'm going to say check me out on face on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on SoundCloud, and on TikTok at KillMurray603. And here is the exclusive release of one of my songs, Off Systems 2, my new album. This Woo. is called No Sleep. Thank you for listening and enjoy. <laughs> Can never sleep. I feel the claws scratching feet, laying tossing and turning. I was yearning for a night complete. I'd scream and yell, but hell, I'd rather be the screen and deal with it myself. Try not to wake you, you got dreams to see. And I believe that I'm supposed to stay and watch the street. The steady people know the language, body give up lots of heat. Stairs are cold, souls are old, more like ice to me. Much worse beneath the surface, and they show you kept with lock and key. And I can't sleep, cause I'm out here thinking who to trust. Break on through with ashes to ashes, and baby dust to dust. Covered in rust and eyes, rain, but on a tide, rain. Been going crazy lately, I'm just trying to keep my mind sane. Hush my brain, hear them talking when they're way too loud. So please just give me peace and only softer sounds Until the end, I'm awake and ponder all that's deep I'd shut my lips for good if that would mean I got some sleep But I've been up for days, thinking that I'm okay Drinking myself numb until the end of days Maybe for good, maybe for bad, the best I've ever had These voices quieting down, no longer feeling sad But I don't feel at all, just feel I'm walking crawl Semi-conscious in a mind that's been wrecked by y'all Try to piece myself together, but some parts are gone I'd rather take my final breath than just exist at all No sleep Days. 
Heart rate, it gon' spike up and stop wait I'm so contagious behind the mask like Darth Vader We use the microphone so we can channel our anger I'm ripping pages up and using them to smoke papers Because I'm so anxious, feel like I won't make it I tear my life apart so I can get a different start I'm ripping out my heart and I'll be taking yours later I'm feeling like emptiness is really all I've ever known I'm feeling relentless so I cannot sleep, I gotta go I'm focused on the portion of scores that saw me to the throne Mic's on, stay alive cause I'm strong I'll probably never get respect, I got my eyes on You'll probably never get the shit my fucking mind's on Keep the lights on, I get no sleep, then I'm gone